So I've realized there's moments, like I feel like our friendship has been adjusted by the podcast because there'll be times and it just happened when like we were just going to have a conversation you're like mm-hmm. wait we better wait and record this <laughs> like i can't, well it involved me telling you about my weekend and i was like you know what i never fucking have I, things that i talk I about it. on the weekend i do it because my life is like uh i don't know i said i i watched something on the internet <laughs> that was the highlight of my week and then i see you and i'm like hey you should watch this thing on the internet <laughs> and i'm like i well i'm already watching too many things on the internet <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so you had a weekend thing you were going to tell me. Yeah. So Marianne is um, going to start taking senior portraits. She's really going home and starting her own senior portrait business. Um, and so we went. Does she have a name? Uh, <laughs> so she, like, she's been, she was thinking about it forever and all this stuff. And, um, like, she volunteered for the local film festival last year. And she wanted in her profile to mention it. Uh, and at that time, it was Neon Poppy, which is a really cool name. Uh, now it's Marianne Bay Photography, which is exactly what I said it should have been from day <laughs> fucking one. It's just her name and the word photography. Exactly what it should have been. Uh, but yeah, so we went location scouting. Which is the perfect thing to do on a fine February day when it's 28 degrees. And so her. What's that going to look like in three months? <laughs> her, cousin, <clears throat> her cousin was nice enough to model for her. And so um, we met her downtown and they were, she was like, So how do you want to do this? And I was like, I don't know. We'll just kidnap you and drive you around. So we kidnapped her and drove her around and found locations. And I got to be reflector bitch and <laughs> freeze all of my bits off. So Meanwhile, her, her cousin was like, all right, take off that jacket because it's <laughs> pretend it's April. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. So her cousin, yeah. Stop breathing. I can see your breath in my picture. <laughs> hold your breath. I was also hold the model's phone and sunglasses and coat, bitch. Sounds like a good weekend. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> uh, I also woke up Saturday and uh, my shoulder was killing me and it still kills me. So I think this is my life now. I'm at that age where you just wake up one day with a pain, and then you just, that's your life. Uh, on that note, I'm wearing my wife's yoga pants right now. Nice. <laughs> like, So, like, I told you about my thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, they said to get compression stockings, yes. and I was like, well, that's annoying. I'll just wear your yoga pants. So, I put them on, and I was like, these actually feel great. They're they're delightful for the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're doing exactly what they need to. Like I even asked the doctor and he was like, as long as it's tight. And I was like, believe me, <laughs> it's tight. There may be tight on a woman who's much smaller than me. And <laughs> I muscled myself into them. But now she's like, those are yours now. I, you've stretched them all out. <laughs> you stretch them out and your ball sweats all over them. Yeah. The, the biggest thing. Uh, so I had to make her the first day I wore them. I, I peed them basically. So I had to have her wash them because they turned into pee pants because like I tried to just stand at the urinal like normal and unzip. So I've got khakis, mm-hmm. yoga pants, and then I can't wear yoga pants with boxer briefs is which I, do, I normally do. So I have whitey tighties on, which I don't normally wear. Mm-hmm. So I got whitey tighties. Then yoga pants that I needed to try to pull my junk out through my fly. Yeah. And like I got my junk out, but I think it was like a periscope basically. 
So it's it's hooked up, looking over the brim of my underwear and yoga pants, like the like like Nessie, like it's just <laughs> it's Nessie. It's got a kink in it. <laughs> well, it's got to have like that ninety to, goes up in the ninety degrees. Well, I'm not, otherwise, if it just went straight up, I'd pee right in my face. Right. So so yes, I I had to kink it so that it could go. But then you have that full length of the urethra for the penis. Like that length of mm-hmm. urine ended up in my pants. So I got home and I was like, I peed in your yoga pants. You need to <laughs> you need to wash my pee pants. That's that's why you got a Sylvester Stallone and just go over the top. Just pull everything oh, been, down a bit. I've been using the stall since, yeah. Because yeah. I got to unbuckle the belt. I got to do the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Why even wear underwear at this point? Uh... That's a good question. Yeah. The yoga I, pants are your new underwear. So my my mother instilled this bizarre phobia to me of like, make sure you're wearing clean underwear because if you get into a car wreck and they have to cut the clothes off of you, you don't want to have dirty underwear. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that still sits with me. I'm like, I don't want to have to go see a doctor for some reason and have holy, pant, holy underwear. But... If I've been in a car accident, I've probably literally shit my pants. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if I'm in Those a position... Those are no longer clean underwear. If I'm in a position that I'm unconscious or they're, I'm in bad enough shape they're cutting clothing off me, mm-hmm. not even a joke. Not, not like I shit my pants like I'm scared. Like, your body has reacted and you have physically shit your pants. Yeah. Yes. You, you know what's the cleanest underwear? No underwear. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's horrific. I don't think I've ever not worn underwear. Really? Yeah. It's very freeing. I'm never nude. <laughs> <laughs> you just always wearing jean shorts? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, good weekend for you? Yeah. Um, had a, uh, we watched a new show on Netflix called The Umbrella Academy. Uh, and I totally recommend that if, yeah. if it's just a good show, but it's also like a, you know, a hero's type, super, like people have superpowers show, but it's it's well done. Yeah, I've seen that pop up recently. I watched a documentary called The Perfect Bid, which is about the guy that had the Price is Right perfect bid. Did you hear about that years ago? The, the one who watched every episode for like weeks and weeks? Yeah, uh, but it goes deeper. Like yeah. the documentary is really good and I don't want to spoil it it's it was under the drew carey area era yes, right yes. yeah mm-hmm. so they didn't they try to take it away from him no and then couldn't prove that he did anything wrong uh there's more to it there's more to it that i don't want to ruin for it if, i'll that... ruin it for you if you say i'm never gonna watch this <laughs> well i Do mean i don't know it? about our listeners yeah i uh, i that sounds cool is that that's yeah. on netflix it's on amazon amazon so it's called the perfect bid the contestant who knew too much hmm. which is a great title yeah um, my favorite story like that is obviously the the um, pressure lock guy. Do you know about that guy? No. He was an ice cream man, and he uh, just watched pressure lock for. Uh, he tried to watch every game show. Like he he wanted to get rich, right? So he watched all the game shows all the time, and he figured out. That Pressure Luck only had, a, like, I think, like, 11 screens. And he knew the order in which they played. And if it was on this walk, screen... Walk me through Pressure Luck. I don't know if I remember No whammies, this. no whammies, no whammies, stop. 
don't know what you're talking about. Oh, well, that's a big part of it. So I'm imagining that the like Chuck E. Cheese light spinner. Kind of. Okay. Okay. So you enter trivia questions and uh, you get a number of spins and then you go the way you actually, the you just turn spins to the trivia questions and then you go and you go to the board and it basically is like that the the carnival light spin game except it's it's a bunch of squares and one will light up on one screen and then it'll go to the next screen and another one will be lit up and it'll go and then they yell no whammies no whammies no whammies stop big money whatever and if you land on a whammy then a little cartoon character comes out and steals all your shit and you lose and that's why it's pressure luck i'm gonna keep going so basically what he did is he realized okay here is here is every screen and what square will be lit up when i need to press the button because when i press the button it'll now be on five thousand dollars and a spin right or something like that and so he kept racking them up racking them up racking them up they actually went into a two part of the episode and he won over a hundred thousand dollars. And this is probably in the seventies, eighties. Eighties. So that's 150% of what it is now. Yeah. It's a lot of money. And also it's even more money now. And so, uh, he did that and they tried to take it away, but he didn't do anything wrong. So they, they paid him out and it turns out he was a crazy person. And never he he didn't like banks. He kept it all uh, in cash. Uh, and then a radio, a local radio station had a contest where uh, they I don't know if it was a local radio station or something. Someone had a contest where it was about the serial number on one dollar bills. You had to match the serial number, right? So he went to the bank took his entire like all his money and said give me a hundred and whatever thousand dollars in ones please and checked every single one to see if he won he didn't but then now in his house he just has hundred thousand dollars in ones which one day he left his house and came back and they were not there also <laughs> he uh, never paid taxes on him, and it's just like, yeah. And then later he died. It's a good story. <laughs> That's how every story actually ends, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what, like, and the baby lived, and they became the spelling bee champion, but eventually she died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the ending of every and good story. She died. Um. So there are weeks that we like misery. We're like, I don't got much to say. It's gonna be a short little segment because mm-hmm. it's good. And then you have the opposite of good, and I feel like there's a lot to say. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we might want to start diving in here soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first, if you look, uh, if you Google worst uh, movies of the 80s, mm-hmm. and you look at the Wikipedia entry, uh, there's a couple of movies that both appear on said list of the worst movie of the 80s. What movies do you think those are? Really? That's weird. <laughs> because I think that this, it's... R.E.W. and Knives, or whatever the fuck the name of that one was. Oh, yeah. And these two movies are probably competing for the worst <laughs> doubleheader you have, that has ever been inflicted upon us. And this one you chose. 
Yeah. You chose to inflict this upon us both. This was our alien episode, bro. You told me you didn't want to watch uh, Fire in the Sky, so we chose Aliens. Okay. This is 80s Aliens movies. All right. <laughs> Can you think of another better Aliens movie made in the 80s? What's the, what's the fucking... Uh, what's oh, the... Alien. <laughs> and Aliens. Um, what's the one that Paul Rudd always took on Conan? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, so Paul Rudd, um, whenever, you know, because, you know, actors, they go on these talk shows mm-hmm. and they're like, here's a clip from my movie. And so every single time he would set up that this is a clip from Ant-Man or, you know, the 40-year-old virgin, whatever. And uh, and here's a clip from my movie. And every single time I would play the same clip from this shitty 80s movie. Was he in it? No. Oh, okay. Uh, that would have been better if he was like a, if he was making fun of himself for being in a shitty movie. It's the kid in a wheelchair and the brakes go out. And oh, it's Mac and off. Me. Mac and Me. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mac and Me. Yeah. Uh, so the ending so, of that movie? So the, here's the clip. It was the brakes go out and the kid like flies off a cliff and then a little alien pops up and goes, Mah! and that's the whole clip. Yeah. Uh, so it was like this thing that was rumored forever, um, but they finally discovered a version uh, from an old Korean or Japanese cut or whatever. But Mac and me, like the original ending, the little kid gets shot in the wheelchair, gets shot and killed. That's awesome. Yeah, they, they go with total clerks ending. Like it was, it was it was a rumor, right? And then they finally like somebody found it, and that's you watch it, and it's got the <laughs> Korean or Japanese subtitles or whatever, right? That's awesome. And the little kid just gets shot and killed. <laughs> they only they made that specifically for the Korean market. <coughs> oh, they it hate, tested they much hate better. Kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so do let's start. Want, do you want to know a real fun fact about South Korea? Yes. Uh, in South Korea, it is common knowledge. That if you go to sleep with a fan on, you will die. And that is like literally the most educated people in South Korea say that this is a complete fact. That is insane to me. (laughs) That an entire country believes a demonstrably false thing that is completely innocuous. Mm -hmm. Going to sleep with a fan on, I've been doing that for 23 years or some shit. That's hilarious to me. Do you think there's any... I almost feel like it's just as possible there's something they're saying in South Korea right now that like, can you believe that Americans think getting ran over by a car is fatal? Like, we do that all day, every day. But they actually say like, we've done research and it lowers the oxygen in the room. It doesn't. It doesn't lower the oxygen in the room. (laughs) Like, it's completely fake. It is completely false. It is demonstrably false. And they completely believe it. It It's 100% superstition, but that is supposedly scientifically backed. Mm Mm-hmm. It is insane to me, and I love that little fact. Like climate change. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got to appeal to a wider audience. Like, we keep, we're like, oh, I don't want to get political, and then we just, <laughs> so let's just start randomly throwing things out there like that. You good uh, with that? One of my favorite, yeah, it's like one of my favorite Homer lines, or uh, I think, yeah, it's, I think it's Homer in The Simpsons, uh, when they're talking about song lyrics, and he's like, oh, it doesn't mean anything, like, shamalama ding dong, or give peace a chance. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Garbage Pail Kids, give us a synopsis. Do you mean Hobgoblins? Because that's the one we in that order. I apologize. Yes, sir. Hobgoblins is a movie about a vault. <laughs> <laughs> it's security guard. Yeah. 
an old man and a vault. Uh, and some uh, furry puppets. And I- PG nudity. <laughs> That's what the movie's about. Uh, so the immediate thing that I, 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 so at first I was like, did they just smash cut the opening of this? Like, I know that sounds really dumb to say, but then I was like, no, that happens. Like, think about Reservoir Dogs, right? Reservoir Dogs is a smash cut opening thing, right? Do you know, you know, Reservoir Dogs, right? Yeah. And that's a smash cut open, right? Tim Roth is laying in the back seat screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a smash cut open. And they do that here but in a silent parking lot and nothing happens. It's bizarre. It's like you're thrust into the middle of nothing happening. I don't know how to describe it. My, my first note here is there's no production logos up front, <laughs> which is really jarring. It, Cause even there's some of them are like, that's the same shitty production logo from that other movie, but at least it has one. This one, this one does not. Yeah. So we get a new, uh, a new punk security guard keeps wanting to listen to his walkman Mm -hmm. much to the chagrin of old man uh security guard yeah old man security guard uh uh, so they did they need to do their lap right they got to do their lap at this facility Mm -hmm. which i don't really know what what facility is this uh it's a movie studio okay that's all they ever say so there's a vault at the movie studio it's a parking lot and hallways. That's all this. That's that's all they had. They have a parking lot, uh, some hallways that lead to an abandoned bank vault. Uh-huh. Uh, they have a single house mm-hmm. and a VFW hall they, that they could exactly rent what on is. a Thursday night. Yes, they. Could. That's it. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Was like a VFW hall. Uh, so they, they're making their laps. And then they discover this vault immediately in the movie, right? Because this movie doesn't mess around. It immediately dives in and, like, it's action-packed. You you were already past, like, seven of my notes. Go ahead. <laughs> so he's chewing out this kid. Yes. Uh, for ha- for not making the rounds and having uh, his, his headphones on. Uh, and then the phone starts ringing, and it rings one time, and he picks it up. And then yells at the kid for, like, not answering the phone. Yes. What? <laughs> it rang. You noticed that it rang. You immediately picked it up. And you yelled at this kid for not picking up the phone. Uh, was this the same time, too? Wasn't the guy that was calling ends up yelling at the old man for not picking up the phone fast enough? Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the whole time he's talking about, so they're going through the halls. And the whole time, from the moment we first meet a character in this movie up until uh, this moment, he is talking about nothing, but you need to do the job right. This is very important. Do the job right. Here's everything you have to do. And then they get to a hallway and they're like, don't worry about that. No one ever goes down there. You never have to look down there. It's fine. Don't worry about that. It's the most important part of your job. This is the reason that I have stayed in this job for 150 years is to make sure that this stays protected. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Except I'm not going to tell you any of that. No. Because if I told you that, you might listen. <laughs> Instead, I'm just going to be like, uh, don't worry about that bit. Yes. So, of course, he immediately goes down That's there. That's what he have to do, right? Like, the moment he's alone, he goes down there. Yes. Uh, and he discovers a bank vault, which is 
behind another gate. It's a behind another set of bars. An unlocked cage. Yes. And an unlocked vault. Yes. They are both <laughs> unlocked. I cannot stress enough that every he doesn't he doesn't meddle. He's not meddling. There's no. no meddling that he's doing at all. He just sees a bank vault and he's like, huh. That's weird. I and, wonder if this opens. Yes, it does. And presumably that's his opens. job. If yes, there's something open, you need to investigate. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he might be a young punk kid, but this generation might be okay. <laughs> the kids are going to be okay. Uh, and then next thing he knows, he's on stage. Yeah, he's rocking he's, out. He's rocking out with no band and no audience. Uh, and he's not singing, just kind of making some noises. Yeah. He's like a, he's into like a it, real rock star. He's into it though. <laughs> Did you see the video that's floating around? I I assume it's actually Kiss. Okay. Uh, but they're on stage, and then there's Pyro, and his hair catches on fire, Mm-mm. and he keeps singing and playing. That's awesome. As his hair is on fire, and then roadies come out and pat him down and everything, and he never stops the fucking song. As that's, his hair is literally on fire. You know what that is. Rock and fucking roll. That is, you can't argue with that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is it bad that I think if if you are actually Kiss, isn't that the hardest thing to convince you that you are actually in Kiss? Like, even if you're in full makeup, because how many Kiss cover bands are there? I mean, the only one I know is Mini Kiss. I don't know any of them. It's a it's a Kiss cover band that's all little people. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he's rocking it, right? And then he falls off the stage. I don't know. That's what it seems like. He falls off the stage, right? Okay. But then he is. Oh, are you telling? No, no. I'm talking about my my story's oh. over. I'm back to the movie. <laughs> you I was keep like, I don't know. Me. He totally pulled a Kelsey Grammer. I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever seen that video? No. That video is the best thing ever. Kelsey Grammer is on. Like I, we're derailing this, but this is the podcast. It's it's what you guys signed up for. Uh, he's on stage and he's talking, and then he just his, he puts his foot down, and there's no more stage there, <laughs> and he just fucking eats it. And it's the best thing ever. because uh, Kelsey Grammer is kind of a dick. I was gonna say I don't. I never watched Cheers. I never watched Frasier, but he always kind of seemed a little schmug. Yeah. Schmug? Yeah. I said that I accented the S-H in schmug. <laughs> you accented it. Uh, so our character in the film, Hobgoblins, mm-hmm. falls off the stage. Yes. And then Old Man runs in past the gaffer's tape that's supposed to mark something <laughs> from another scene because he doesn't stop it's there. It's probably from another movie. <laughs> uh and so he's like, oh, there's a dead body here. Better lock the vault. And that's well, what he does. But he's So they show him, and he's got his throat cut. And again, this is two, sec- two seconds, three seconds that you've got him. And you see him both exhale and inhale during those three seconds. <laughs> I was watching this with my six-year-old and my nine-year-old. And they were like, is he dead? Because he's breathing. Like, <laughs> that quick, they both latched on to the fact that he was breathing. We've talked about this. I don't remember what other movie where we saw them breathe. And it's not like this is a big extended cut. Yeah. This is seconds <laughs> that you see him both inhale and exhale. Like he had to have been panting to get both in during this time. It's it's the only time that it's the only take that where the old man didn't fall down. So they had <laughs> to use it. It must be it is. Yeah. 
Uh, so how does the old man keep explaining all the missing uniforms, you think? That's a good question. Because <laughs> they wear security outfits. Yeah. Maybe they have to buy it during orientation, so Maybe. they just own it. Yeah. That makes sense. They, they all just through. keep taking off with them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they're so disappear. hip and cool. So we end up with, uh, our, we meet our, our new douchebag. Uh, this is his new job. He's the security guard. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of these guys' names. Nick? Nick's one say. of them. I think. No, Nick is the other guy. Uh, I think Nick is the Nick's the, the army, army guy. guy yep. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Anne, Daphne, Nick, old man, <laughs> Kyle. Is Kyle one of them? Got nothing. Hmm. Let's not keep talking about that. I I Let's, trailed off so that you could yes. then fill in with something. I got it. Okay, so. <laughs> We, we start meeting our douchebags. So our douchebags mm-hmm. we have is uh, the, the all-American kid with the girlfriend, mm-hmm. right? We get the guy who just came back from the army, who's Nick. Uh, he's been gone two months and just ran, like, literally, he's been gone two months. This is the first time he's seen probably anybody, and he just goes over to his, his girlfriend's friend's house. Yeah. And then just constantly talks about how much he's going to have sex with her. And they learn a lot in two months. Like, presumably he wasn't this buff because he's buff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He learned uh, about all type of weapons, about hand-to-hand combat, mm-hmm. which we see extended length <laughs> of what he's able to do hand-to-hand combat-wise. So he learns a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of um, munitions training. Mm-hmm. Um, did, you ever, did you ever see in the Army now with Polly Shore? Uh, several times, yes. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I always had a crush on Lori Petty. That's Tank Girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely had a crush on her. And then she grew up and was a lesbian. So? I'm just saying that's why we're not married now. Oh, okay. That's the reason. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Got it. <laughs> and I say she grew up. Like, like she wasn't a lesbian <laughs> when that movie was being made. It was She waited until I was 18 or 20 mm-hmm. to decide that she was a lesbian. Yeah. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Russ, oh, Russ, Russ, Russ is of age. Yeah. <laughs> I got to take myself out of that running. Uh, so uh, the other guy that is their friend is like the the nerdy dorky guy who yeah. is a terrible friend. Yes. Horrible friend. Mm-hmm. Because what does he do? Uh, Frequently. And we find out he's been doing it for, for a long months, time. For months, he has been calling a sex line on his friend's phone. And apparently, every single time, he needs to uh, look up the number. He's been doing this every day for months. Yes. But needs to look up the seven-digit number. Yes. It's, not, it's a local sex line. It's not even like a 900 number. Yeah, and it's in like this... Uh, and four of the numbers are letters. <laughs> and seemingly the first three are, co- yeah. are common extension. Uh, but this... So I don't know if he gets a new copy of this... Not really a porno mag, but it's like a dirty talk magazine or mm-hmm. advertisements. Yeah. Because it's in pretty pristine condition. So I'm assuming this comes out every week and this is the newest one. Because if he's, he, he couldn't have been carrying this one around for a long time because it's pretty Maybe crisp. Maybe he, he keeps it in good condition. It's pretty crisp. I'll but I that. love that uh, we see the ad and then he calls her. And instead of having a name tag on her desk, she just has a frame of that ad. Yes. So that we know 
when he makes a phone call and this woman picks up the telephone and says sexy things at him, we know she's the one he's calling from the ad. Well, you can't just have somebody call and then somebody else pick up and assume that the audience knows that those two things are related. Right. That's it's the good Ron filmmaking. Sloan, uh, school of filmmaking. Yeah, right it's there. good filmmaking. You have to establish who this person is calling mm-hmm. and that they answer. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to... You have to establish who they are calling. Mm-hmm. Then you have to see someone pick up, and then one hundred percent confirm. Mm-hmm. That's called and an then two hundred percent confirm. That's called an establishing shot, Justin. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know if you because it that. establishes what we already know. <laughs> uh, so this actually feels like a throwaway thing, but this porn uh, sex line woman ends up becoming important because she's in like a, a she's the only other character basically in the movie. Well, I mean, there's the people at the club. Okay. The, the only one that we know who's, who they are, right? Road Rash and we, MC and Linda. Dinah. Dinah. Her name's Dinah. She's dressed like a B-52. And then there's Nick's commanding officer who may or may not actually be real. I don't know. Uh, I don't think he is. I don't think he's real. But just his gobble. sneakers stayed. <laughs> I, there's no logic also, here. Also, he was wearing a complete uniform and sneakers. Uh, so Nick challenges good guy mm-hmm. to some hand-to-hand combat. Rake fight. <laughs> and they fight with rakes. Yeah. And for having been this deadly uh, humanized weapon of hand-to-hand con- combat, he really mm-hmm. should have kicked his friend's ass way faster than what he does. Yes, because he also he does the same move every single time. Also, it's like me playing Mortal Kombat. The music is just percussion, and then the only melodic notes happen when they clash. <laughs> it's a really weird soundtrack. <laughs> so he like they clash like three or four times, and then he does a spin move in the into the gut, and he does that three times, and it works all three times, mm-hmm. and he wins. Uh, it's there's a few parallels between these two movies uh, and, and one that I want to point out. And I think we'll probably talk about it a little bit more uh, in garbage pail kids, but really surface level it's aliens. But really what these two movies are about is a protagonist who's infatuated with a woman that treats him terribly. And he ends up coming to realize that he is better than and doesn't deserve her. Deserves better than her. Uh, he deserves better than her, yes. Uh, so here... That's not what happens at all in this movie, though. What? He ends up telling her to fuck off, doesn't he? No. In the end, they go like they go to fuck. That's the end of the movie. But he tells her to go fuck herself at some point, right? No. Okay, I'll, let me change that. <laughs> this is a movie about that should happen. <laughs> He needs to learn a thing or two from Dodger, all right? Because she treats him like shit. Like, she's like basically like, I want to fuck Nick instead of fucking you. You are a pussy, and well, I want the, you to be a man. The thing is, like, she's like, when we first introduced her, she's like, uh, Daphne's like, is that, a, is that an X-rated movie that they're renting? And she's like, oh, Kyle would never give me an X-rated film, right, Kyle? And he's like, no, because she's saying the exact opposite of what she wants, like women do. 
but this in like stereotypically way. Yeah, no, poorly written like stereotype. She, way. I feel like she was genuinely B because she was like wanted him to go hand to hand combat and be a bigger man. Well, yeah, she. I think she. Uh, let's do this in depth character analysis. I was going to say, are you, defi- are you different from hobgoblins? <laughs> okay, so. She is what in what in twenty five year old Ron Sloan's mind is the stereotypical woman who uh, is really repressed, but all she wants is a man to bring out that animal side in her, right? Mm-hmm. And so she says she doesn't want him to bring home porno tapes, but she actually does I, want him to bring home porno tapes. I got that, and so that's why she wants him to fight like a man. And then in her fantasy, she's a stripper. But yes. a stripper who doesn't strip. A stripper who just wears a leotard and, does, and all she does is take off lace. Mm-hmm. Take off something that's already see-through. That's a that's a stripper you can take home to grandma. <laughs> that's And wears basically glitter. Like, strippers wear glitter. But this was a lot of fucking glitter. She was very fucking sparkly. Uh, and that's my character analysis of Anne. I think she was meaner than you. Uh, than you are giving her, you're, you're you're giving her too much credit. She acts weird because she's poorly written, mm-hmm. like around here. But then her fantasy is to be that, and then when his fantasy is to beat up I the guy. I understand what her fantasies and what her motivations are, but I'm saying she's a mean person for how she tries to make those things happen. But then his fantasy is to beat up the guy for her, and when she sees that that was his fantasy, she's like, hey, we should be fucking, and he's like, I agree. She treated him poorly. So, we're back to the, the movie lot. <laughs> uh, and... So, so we've established he's kind of emasculated, right? Sure. This guy yes. wants an opportunity to show that he is a man. He needs mm-hmm. some testosterone throwing, flowing through yeah. his veins. That's, that's his main character motivation. Yes. His character need, if you will. Luckily, he gets that opportunity the very next night. <laughs> that uh, very night. Because uh, there is a guy slinking around the movie studio lot. Yes. Uh, uh, like A greaser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was Greaser, 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 Greaser Greg, Greg. Greg. <laughs> but like grown up. Uh, so Greaser Greg grown up. He's, that was terrible. Uh, he's he's uh, he's doing what Greaser Greg does around the thing, and uh, so our main character holds him at gunpoint, and ends up shooting in the air, and he scurries off. You missed the point where the young guy is the young guy who has the gun is like, "I'll go check it out," and the old man is like. Nah, I got this. Gets on the cart, <laughs> drives straight, looking nothing but forward for 30 seconds, and then comes to a stop, still looking forward, and then moves to his left, where the guy immediately is. <laughs> he doesn't like drive in front of the guy or drive at the guy or anything. He drives in a straight line <laughs> and parks. And gets out and runs at him. Uh, I think you just described that accurately. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, so finally, he was a man, right? Yeah. Um, but guess what? The bank falls open again. 
Right. So uh, in the process of he he gets away, and so he thinks, oh, he went down the the part. So he gets on the walkie and says, I think he went down the path where you told me never to go. So I'm going to go to the place you told me never to go. Also, I'm going to set down my walkie so you can't respond. <laughs> and he puts it on the floor. I love that he sets Next to the gaffer's down. tape. <laughs> and then just was like, cool, we're good now. I'm going to go forward. <laughs> so he goes to the, to the bank vault. Again, the bars are open. Mm-hmm. The bank vault is open. Yep. And he waltzes in. Well, he doesn't go in. He he opens it up, and just right before he's going to go in, you're like, this is... Oh, yeah, he hears he, it. Uh, no, that's when old man grabs him and is like, what are you doing? Well, he hears and the then stuff. He, yeah. And then he, like, throws him up against the cage and is like, you're crazy. And apparently in that time, um, like a thousand of these things scurry past them off screen. Yeah, so at first <laughs> I was like... Are they are the, are the hobgoblins? Because I remember this movie super super vaguely from a kid. I haven't watched it in in twenty seven years probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remembered it super vaguely, so I was like, I knew they had some like powers to control minds. Okay. So I was like, are they making them think there's wolves around? <laughs> what is that sound? Because that I know that's obviously not the hobgoblins. That's not how they escape. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's how they escape. Yep, <laughs> and they immediately take over a golf cart. Yeah, yeah. They supposedly run off screen because there's like three seconds where the vault's open. Yes, and they're there the entire time. I don't. You said thousands. I think in the movie there's only supposed to be five or six. But they kill like 112 of them. Oh, that's true. They do kill a lot, but there's always still five or six. Yeah. So there's like that's si- a good point. There's like six on the golf cart, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the thing he tells them, like he comes at them and then they're gone. And he's like, uh, they came down in a spaceship. Flashback, younger man, spaceship. <laughs> he's reading the like play the playbill for the the director's previous movie. Yeah. Like I had no idea what that was, but I was like, I bet you that's the fucker's previous movie. Yep, it was. Uh they come down in this terrible spaceship that only fits two of them. Yes. And now there are like a hundred of them somehow. Uh, so, you They're know, like they rabbits. must have got busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come down and then he tells the story and he's like, so they get in your mind and make you live out your greatest fantasy. And the only way to do it, to, to break out of it before they hurt anyone is you got to kill them while they're still fan. The guy's still fantasizing. Right. Mm-hmm. So they do this throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, they kill like 112 of yeah, them. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, but th- so this movie has nothing. It's not similar at all to Gremlins. This was not a <laughs> no. Gremlins ripoff. Uh, what is really the one thing we learn about the anatomy or the behavior of hobgoblins? They are stuffed animals. That they're attracted to bright light. <laughs> so they're not at all similar to Gremlins <laughs> and Mogwai because Mogwai don't like bright light yeah <laughs> they're the anti-mogwai they're the anti-grumbling also they're attracted to bright light and that comes into play immediately after they say that they're attracted to bright light and then the rest of the time they're in a dark place <laughs> <laughs> they spend the rest of the movie in dark places uh so they they take the golf cart let's take a can we take a moment to describe the hobgoblins sure uh the hobgoblins 
are a stuffed animal. <laughs> They're a stuffed animal uh, that looks like a magwai and a gremlin combined. They, uh, it is an artist. It is an artist reinterpretation of the bumble from uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the sure. classic Rankin Bass. Version. Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like a bumble with dwarfism. Yeah, it's it's a bumble mixed with Sabretooth from the first X Men movie, and then but emaciated, down. but emaciated, like because you can see ribs. Yeah, yeah. So here, here's the they thing. They also have pecs. Here's the thing that I would say about the hobgoblins. The hobgoblins look pretty cool. Number for in two scenarios. Number one, if this was an actual stuffed animal that you would see at the store, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "That's pretty sweet." Yeah, I'd like a hobgoblin. Or two, if this was like a preliminary, like, "Hey, this is just a concept of where we're going to go." Yeah, we're just shaking them around a little. <laughs> But uh, well, like in gonna, the movie, there'll be yes. puppets like the animatronics yes. and yeah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so the the I, I watched the documentary that come the, on this, mm-hmm. uh, and the director didn't see the hobgoblins until the day of shooting or the day before shooting. <laughs> so he was literally like, "Oh, where's the rest of them?" I'm like this, this is it. And he's like, "Okay," and he's like, "All right, well, this one's got a puppet action, so its mouth can move." And he's like, okay, what do the rest of them do? Thinking like they had robots and stuff, robotic arms. And no, the other ones are stuffed animals. <laughs> he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I just gave this guy probably half my budget to create these things, which probably in the guy's defense that made them was probably still nothing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's it's kind of funny. They They showed the guy that made them and he still has the puppet one. And he still has it, and it still looks exactly the same. And again, it looks cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you cannot make this the the part of the movie is just a stuffed animal that even the next scene they attack the promiscuous girl, mm-hmm. and she has to hold it against her chest and roll around and pretend that it's attacking her. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. So uh, they. They're on the golf cart, and then they disappear. And then he's like, you got to go get them. He gets in the car, and they immediately show up at his house. What are the odds? <laughs> That's the first place they would go. Uh, and so they use Nick's distinctive car horn sound to lure Daphne out. And she hears the sound and lifts up her skirt, like flashes the camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. And is like, woo! Okay. I guess that's a reaction. And then she runs outside and is like, that's definitely Nick's horn. So I guess I'm outside now. And Anne is like, well, you, if you're outside, then you're going to get cold. And she's like, you're a bitch, Anne. Take your coat back inside. Because I'm outside now. Because Nick, that's Nick's horn. And then, yeah, she gets attacked and has to roll around with the stuffed animal. Uh, luckily, she's the only one in the movie that's succumbed to that, that had to do that. Never mind, because the entire cast basically has to in the continuation of this scene. Yeah. So they get into the house, and then they pop up from behind the couch, right? Mm-hmm. And I love this, because I keep seeing instances, and there's an, another moment in a little bit, where they all, like stack up basically in the door frame so the door is cracked open and they all stack up on top of each other like larry curly and Mm moe 
are they floating? Can they levitate to be <laughs> right above the couch? Do they float so that they can stack on top of each other like that? Yeah. They're, I, they form a, a hobgoblin pyramid. That's exactly what happens. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But we have our entire cast now. There's five or six hobgoblins that everybody's holding against themselves or holding against each other, and they're having to wrestle with. Yeah. Luckily, the pervy nerdy guy... Uh, decides the best way to combat them is by picking up a pillow and hitting the hobgoblins Mm -hmm. with a fucking pillow. (laughs) They are creatures from outer space that are attacking you and trying to kill you, and you are hitting them with a fucking pillow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's that's a thing that happens. I guarantee you it's because the director was like, look, I know these are shitty. These cost individually more than every one of you make combined. That you're getting paid for this movie, do not rip a seam on these fucking things. We have six of them, and six of them only. Yes, and every single shot has at least three of them in it. So, uh, yeah. And then Nick gets comes up and he's like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, space aliens." And so now he's part of it too. And then, uh, they make it their way outside and lock them inside. And then Kyle comes home and this is the one time that the bright lights actually mean a damn thing because they have their, they had like a party with flashing lights and stuff. And so he runs in and turns off the lights and then the hobgoblins are like, man, whatever we're chill now. Uh, and he locks them in the van. Yes. And the movie, everybody's like, problem solved. Problem solved. Let's go inside. Let's not even lock the door. Let's, Let's not care. Yes. Uh, Let's take a nap. Let let us, three of us, sit on this couch. Uh, the creepy kid is going to walk by us, go into the kitchen for five seconds, and come back, and we're all going to be asleep. Yes. <laughs> the, 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 no adrenaline. No. no no reason to talk about what just happened. No. We're going to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Problem is resolved. They're in the car. They traveled through space and maybe time to get here. <laughs> they can't figure out a door lock. Or not yeah. even a door lock, a door handle. Mm-hmm. So he goes and calls uh, the sex line again because that's what you do after you've been attacked by space aliens. Uh, well, it's and either then, that or you take a nap. Yeah. And she's like, well, why don't you come outside? Because I'm waiting for you outside. So he goes outside and uh, she's there and he gets in the car and takes off with her. Yes. Because they're reputation road, reputation road. And um, this is my favorite part of the movie because they're driving down the road a hand, you see a hand on top of the car mm-hmm. rocking it back and forth. Oh, I missed the hand. The hand is there I believe, I the believe entire you. time. I believe you. I and I'm like, the- is that her hand? And then I'm like, no, she's completely inside. Yeah, that is that is a hand rocking it back and forth. So I missed that. What I did notice is, is they're driving. She, uh, she ends up grabbing the, the wheel jerking it to the side right Mm -hmm. and then they cut to an exterior shot of the car driving down the road there is it does not veer off course 
at all. It's just driving down the road, but they added the audio of a screeching sound. So you have somebody inside the car swerving, the car not doing anything, but an audio as if they're screeching tires. <laughs> I was too busy focused on the hand to notice I missed that. the hand. I was, yeah, that's... So they get to Reputation Road. This is the movie that keeps on giving because (laughs) we can go back. It has so much rewatchability. There's so many things that you can see on multiple viewings. (laughs) Yes. Sure. (laughs) Rewatchability. So they get to Reputation Road, which is a road where you make out. Mm -hmm. And uh, he parks. But he parked in the kissing part. And she needs him to park in the all the way part. Uh and so, which then, is right up against the edge of the cliff, right? So then, she gets out and uh, starts pushing the car to push it off the road. Yes, or to push it off the cliff because it's in neutral. It seems like it's in part because she can't push it for the entire time. But once it starts rolling, it's definitely <laughs> moving. And then he gets out and like tries to help her, and she tells him to get back inside. Uh, yeah, I don't, the car is in park and then it's suddenly not in park. There's a guy that here that sees her. Like, I don't understand the rules of this either. Like are other people sucked into his fantasy? Cause this is obviously a hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Yeah. But there's a guy like in the area that tries to stop her from pushing it off. Well, that's Kyle. Kyle comes back. But that's uh, our protagonist. Yes. So that's, but that's my point is, are, is, are other people sucked into they, they have to be because everybody sees, like, Nick's army buddy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But is this everybody can see this? I don't know what the rules are. I don't know either. All I know is bright lights. It might be weird, but the, this movie rules things not really explained well. Mm. It's weird. Uh, so they wrestle with the creature and he tries to hit him with the tire iron and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's like perched up on the, all the way part mm-hmm. of the sign and, uh, he not, he hits him with the tire iron mm-hmm. and then he like snaps out of it, gets out of the car and then it still rolls off the cliff. I want to know if that was stock footage. It was. And here's why I know that. Because in the documentary, the, most of the cast was all together. Mm-hmm. And they, they the whole time they were just making, like, they know exactly what it is. Yeah. And they were talking about their favorite parts or whatever. And she's like, my favorite part is when he pushes my blue car off, when I push the blue car off of the thing, and then it turns into a black car in stock footage that's <laughs> rolling down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only reason I know that is because she called it out, specifically the girl that pushed it It was off. also a very bright fire. They were lit very hard yes. <laughs> from that fire that was down at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah. Um, so they end up at Club Scum, which is, like you said, it's a VA hall that they were able to rent because their uncle works there. Yeah. Uh, so they they have two vehicles. They have his, like, Camaro or whatever, I don't know, some sort of sports car, and then the van. But there's four of them, so it makes sense to take the van, right? So they take the van and they all pile in the front seat. It's like uh, in a sitcom where everybody sits around one side of the table so the camera can see them. Mm-hmm. It's noticeable and it's annoying. Except there's only one shot of the van. That's it. So there was there's not a shot inside the van. 
so that they could do that. They they're all piled in the front of this van, so presumably for the entire ride, for no reason. Hmm. Uh, so club scum, they get there and then they have a solid two or three songs that you hear the full length of. That is yeah. just to pad the movie completely. You, yeah, uh, you move past the part where we meet Road Rash. Yes. And he tries very hard to not let them into this club. But when they walk in, they literally like double or triple the number of people there just by them walking in. So I don't know why you're uh, not letting people into your exclusive club where there are two other people in there. <laughs> uh, I guess that's how you keep it exclusive, man. You're really careful <laughs> about who you let in. I guess. Just let nobody in and then everybody wants to get in there. Yeah, I feel but like I saw out- a sitcom about that before, like where they opened a club and they wouldn't let anybody in. So people just kept wanting to come and come until they finally started letting people in. And it was super successful. That might have been in It's Always Sunny on Philadelphia. Hmm. That feels like in It's Always Sunny, doesn't it? It also feels like it could be How I Met Your Mother. Never seen that. But I feel that. that was like a wholesome way. Yeah, I've never seen that. I don't know. Okay, but so yeah, there- it turns out Daphne's a slut, so they get to get in. Weird. Who would have... Hmm. Didn't see that. To be fair, I think her character uh, is consistent throughout the whole movie. Sure. Consistently one note. Yeah, That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also wrote the note here. I wish this movie had hobgoblins in it because I feel like there was a pretty big dry spell (laughs) between the fight and then even through most of Club Scum that there's no hobgoblins. Yeah, no. It's just, uh, yes, it is. A band singing an entire song, and then uh, Anne gets up there and like dances through an entire song. And by dances, I mean just sits there and sways back and forth. She's wearing like a like a unitard with a shirt over it and like a tutu. And in her big striptease, she takes off the tutu, revealing nothing. And that's her, uh, what was it? Oh, God. She did uh, snooty and, uh, what was it? It wasn't nudie and snooty. I don't know what you're talking about. Damn it. They hit, it was like a two-word phrase. It was like something and something. And it like was basically just like, this is the sexiest nude thing ever. And she's just wearing a leotard and takes off a. A lacy thing. I feel that way in a lot of movies. Like, so we just did From Dust Till Dawn and think about like the mask. So you got Selma uh, Hayek and you mm-hmm. got Cameron Diaz, where like you keep seeing tons of attractive women come out and dance or sing. And then this is supposed to be the one that everybody thinks is the most beautiful or best singer. Right. And don't get me wrong, they're lovely. But it's not like you're going for me singing and dancing looks like this and can't sing to having Cameron Diaz come up. Right. I, I always feel like the wow factor isn't, ne- doesn't necessarily hit you like it's supposed to. To be fair, Anne was the sexiest thing in that VFW for years. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I just, <laughs> I haven't had quite the dry spell that the VFW has. Um, so Nick's uh, army commander shows up mm-hmm. uh, and he's just in full drill sergeant mode. Yes. And just starts handing him grenades and Uzis and a Rambo bandana. Mm-hmm. And he starts chucking grenades. 
about three feet behind him and they just kind of go up in like a little bit of pyro and that's not how grenades work that is not how grenades work if you want to know how grenades work watch uh brawl in cell block 99 sure uh and then he blows himself up and is all on fire and screaming which don't scream if you're on fire because don't breathe in you say that like you're criticizing somebody that's on fire they're not thinking when that happens like i want to light you on fire right now and i guarantee you're gonna scream you know what i bet i would (laughs) uh so uh, another funny little thing in that documentary they were talking about how they didn't have permits for anything including lighting a guy on fire inside of that vw (laughs) hall and they lit the ceiling of the place on fire of course they did of course they did (laughs) Like that? Why would you think that that's something that you can just do on your own as light yeah. someone on fire? And having all those uh, those pyro pots go off with little fire, literal fireballs. Yeah, yeah. In I, the middle of uh, something with like an eight foot ceiling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they literally set that ceiling on fire. It, it, it's a wonder nobody died making this. I'm not even joking. It's a wonder like people don't die in more of these shitty movies that we watch. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um. So uh, Anne has a boob tattoo. How how did uh, Kyle never notice that maybe she has a bit of a bad streak? Unless you know they've never consummated the relationship. Yeah, I mean they might not have. I mean, if he if his thing is he's a pussy, if that's what they're trying to get across. Yeah. Uh, so it's important to remember, grenade went off and then lit him on fire. Again, not how grenades yes. work. But we need to emphasize this. Yes. This man was on fire. For like a good 10 or 15 seconds. Running around. And then it cut. We have no idea how it resolved. No. We don't see him like they not tr- be on fire. This is the most like chill group of people ever where they're like we just fought aliens let's take a nap our friend was just on fire let's go talk over here yeah like nothing that sucks let's go now nothing slows this group down um so we realize that the army guy is a hobgoblin um daphne the slutty one is making jokes about how she wants to service the entire army we don't know that he's a hobgoblin she throws a grenade at him, mm-hmm. and two hobgo- we see two hobgoblins scurry in, and then there are two hobgoblin bodies and his sneakers. I don't think he was a hobgoblin. So, in the, this movie, the actual Nick's commanding officer showed up and actually gave him Uzis and grenades? Maybe, because it was both of their fantasies. <laughs> okay. So it was his fantasy to enact a Rambo situation and it was Nick's fantasy to carry it out. Okay. So this movie is deeper because not only are there creatures that magically their thing is they, they live out your fantasies, but Mm -hmm. in real life, somebody showed up to live out their fantasy. Here's the thing. We see two hobgoblins Mm -hmm. and then she gives him a grenade and then we see two hobgoblin bodies and a set of sneakers. Or boots or something. Shoes of some sort. So, 
he was real. He wasn't real. They the the hobgoblins manifest them things like that into actual real life. Like Until that's how they're they dead, see. and then they disappear. Where was that established in the rule book? Fantasia disappears when the one is hit over the head with the the. Yeah, except for a garter belt that's laying on the ground. No, you made that up. You, <laughs> you don't that know that there was the article. You don't know there wasn't an ar- a garter belt. You didn't see the hand. You. <laughs> uh, so he explodes. He's obviously dead. Yeah, and they go. And then they're like, well, we took care of all the hobgoblins. Oh, I, we skipped something here. The thief from earlier shows up to do a nunchuck battle with Kyle. We haven't skipped that. That's that's next. Oh, is that at the hospital? No, that's at the movie lot. Because they go, there's no okay, hospital. I'm sorry. You're right. I keep expecting there to be a hospital because the guy was on <laughs> fire. So they get in the van and drive to the <coughs> to the lot. And they meet old man security guard. And uh, they're like, I. He's like, I, I think we got rid of them all, or something. I don't know. And then, yeah, guy shows up with two nunchucks and is all like, "Check out my nunchuck skills." And then he's like, "Here, have these nunchucks, and we're gonna have a nunchuck fight." <laughs> and then he's like, "Check out my nunchuck skills some more." And Kyle never. He holds both chucks in one hand and tries to hit him with it. He never releases the nunchucks, like so that they're two pieces combined, like together. He always has them as one piece, defeating their entire purpose. Maybe it's just a different technique. Yeah. Uh. And then old man security guard shoots a hobgoblin and he disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did write my last note here. I realized conflicted with what I had thought earlier because my very last note is, are we supposed to be happy that uh, I wrote Kevin gets girl? Maybe it's probably Kevin gets girl because she was terrible to him. So I'm on board with you that. Yeah. They yeah. Left together. Okay. So here, here's our final scene. Like that's, that's happened, and then he's all like, I fought that guy, and she's like, you're amazing, we should fuck, and then they make out. And then old man is like, they're going back to the vault, we gotta chase him up there, and then he's like, oh, sorry, it's hard to run with a boner, and <laughs> like <laughs> runs up there, and they lock him back in the vault, and... The first time we know that this vault actually locks... <laughs> yeah apparently or closes even yeah so they close him in the vault and then the old man is like well you know i quit because he we see a scene where he quit doesn't matter uh, well i quit so like nobody's gonna have nobody's gonna watch these things and he's like you know what i'll take on that responsibility i'll walk i'll, I'll watch them and he's like ah you're young don't worry about it i was a munitions expert in the war Boom, he blows up the fucking vault. <laughs> End of movie. And he couldn't have done this the past 50 years. Yeah, he couldn't have done this in the last 30 years. Sorry, not end of movie. Uh, my favorite line in this entire movie is the last one. Uh, so that he blows it up and uh, <laughs> everyone's like, yay, they're dead. We blew up private property. Cool. 
and he gets on the phone and calls the guy and he's like, well, uh, the film vault just blew up. Yeah, there was nobody on duty, so I guess the insurance isn't going to pay out. You fired me. Hang up. And then creepy guy is like, can I use your phone? <laughs> Credits. Best line in the movie. Uh, we skipped that Nick is actually in oh, pretty yeah, Nick great comes shape. Back. Nick he comes shows back. Up. He comes back on crutches <laughs> with a small bandage yes. like on his shoulder it, bicep area. He should totally be uh, dressed like the Yeti if he's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should be all mummied up. <laughs> no, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he took a grenade which lit him on fire mm-hmm. and he was perfectly fine. Yeah. Just the old crutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about Hobgoblins, Justin? This movie is terrible and... Uh, that was the extent of my feelings after I watched it. After I watched the next movie, my feelings were Hobgoblins is terrible, but at least I guess it's charmingly so. <laughs> it has that going for it. Hobgoblins, I think you could you could do like uh, as a group with with like Maximum Overdrive and stuff like that. It, yeah. it would be a fun movie to watch with a group of people to, yeah. to laugh at and things like that. And, and the cast and the director all know that like, it's mm-hmm. a movie that has that mystique about it. It's not, it's not a sad movie. Like, Ooh, somebody's really fumbling and doing a shitty job here. Yeah. Everybody knew that what this was, I won't say that they didn't know what it was when they were making it. Yeah. Like, they know now they, they know now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have fun with hobgoblins for what it is. It is not good. No, but it can be fun. Uh, I keep having instances where I realize how old I am. Like you're talking about falling asleep or whatever. Okay. Or sleeping and you wake up and something hurts. Yeah. Uh, the one that was really depressing uh, just this week that I saw wasn't even necessarily related directly to me. Okay. Uh, Karosik, Tom Karosik, lead singer of Karosik, was featured uh, as like a weekly artist uh locally here and they this website magazine whatever it was went through and and did this nice little article on them or whatever but they the very first thing i noticed they did the hashtag thing before so it was hashtag krosik hashtag local music scene indie artist rebel whatever uh and one of the hashtag was band dads and they referenced them being krosik being the band dads and i was like Oh fuck! We are so old that that Karosik, Tom's band, is now referenced as Band Dad. So he's like defined himself as like he's separated by being the old rocker now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was so depressing because it, it, and it was a positive thing. I think it was sure. like we're gonna look towards because I mean part of it is he produces music and things like that, but I think it was complimentary and like, he's going to tell you how to do it. He's going to encourage you and things like that. But I don't think like they always say, like, even when you're 90, you still don't feel like you're old. You still feel the same. Sure. And I'm like, fuck, even the rock star version of us <laughs> is fucking old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're old men. Yeah. It was depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My six year old calls me an old lady all the time. So that's, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, we next year 
We are we are a little more than a year and a half, less than a year and a half away from being further from when we graduated high school than we were when we graduated high school from being born. Yep. Yeah. That's we have that to look forward to. <laughs> uh, yeah. You ever watch something from like 2002 and you realize how dated it looks? <laughs> like you yeah. think back and you're like, no, we were cool. Oh my yeah. God, that was my haircut. I parted <laughs> it straight down the middle like that. <laughs> yeah. I remember going to see Spider-Man and thinking fucking CGI. Like this looks so fucking good. Like this is the pinnacle of everything. And now you look back and it's like, ah, it's just maybe, maybe that wasn't, maybe it shouldn't, Spider-Man shouldn't have been swinging through the city looking like a out of place cartoon character. Yeah. I agree. We're old. Yeah. Uh, Garbage Pail Kids. So I titled my notes, Mm -hmm. jokingly, Garbage. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it was very apt for the the duo of movies that you presented us. Uh, what's our synopsis for Garbage Pail Kids? Garbage Pail Kids is a family movie about working together and farts. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel so. Garbage Pail Kids. I would say to, to to really describe the movie to somebody, a group of Deformed aliens help a 16-year-old boy attempt to turn a woman into a pedophile by making clothes for her. Okay. <laughs> He's 14, she's 15. Uh, in Not in the movie, I don't think. In the movie, he's 14. Yes. He, he's the only one that says his age. Yes, she's much older than that in the movie. I don't know. In the movie, I think she's supposed to be out of school and 18, 19. She's 15 as an actress. I, I'm well aware of that. That's not what I'm talking about. She's 15. Later in this movie, there's a close-up of her touching her own breast. She's 15. This is a when family she, film. When does she touch her own breast? She, there's a close-up of her like touching her breast as she's crossing her heart. But she's definitely like trying to like allure him hmm. by rubbing her breast, and then she like boops him on the nose with her. I've just touched my breast finger. Here you go. Think about that. I'm so tonight. glad that I don't <laughs> recall that. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall that. I do know she's 15 to her in the course of this movie. That is true, mm-hmm. uh, because like the the trivia for it said that they were dating during the movie, right? Okay. And I watched a documentary on this too, and they talked about how. Dodger and the little tangerine were dating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? That is fucked up. Because she looks so much older than him. Yeah. No, they were a year apart. But yeah, it definitely looks like some fucked up stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, dive right in. Also, she takes her shirt off. Yes. At one point in the movie. Wearing a bra. And this family film ends with our heroes stripping models. Okay. Well, don't forget about the genocide in this movie, too. <laughs> We got. We gotta get into yes, genocide. Yes, there is genocide. <laughs> that's easily. That's that is basically one line and then dismissed. Yes. Like ah. <laughs> ha! Genocide. Mm. Ah. 
Okay. Uh, okay, so the best thing that happens in this movie happens mm-hmm. right at the beginning, okay. and it says a Topps chewing gum production, <laughs> and I and that's the very first thing that you see, and I was like, that is the best thing I've ever seen put to film, and I, little did I know that was the high point of this movie, a Topps chewing gum production. As much as you're shitting on these movies, they both have two restored, beautiful Blu-ray releases over there that you've got to watch them on. So mm-hmm. uh, they can't be all that bad. I think this is the lowest rated IMDb doubleheader we've ever watched. Is it? Uh, Hobgoblins was a 2.7 and Garbage Pro Kids was a 2.4. I don't know how it got a 2.4 because I started reading the reviews one out of ten, 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 one out of ten. And all the one out of tens were like, please give me my hour and a half back. I, there's no button to say zero stars. I really want to give us zero stars. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we have a garbage pail can. Garbage pail can? That's redundant. It's tipped in over. In space. <laughs> yes, in space. It's flying it through the, the air. confirms the garbage pail kids are aliens. Yes. So, you know, mark that on the wiki. Uh, and you see the green slime coming from this, right? In Captain Mancini's shop. Then you see some scurrying. You hear some mischievous things happening. Uh, and Captain Mancini comes in, and he's, or he's walking in, and he's like, I better not find anybody out of where they're supposed to be. Uh, and then proceeds to close the lid of the garbage pail and put a uh, old timey uh, diving scuba, bell helmet, scuba diving thing. Uh, it's not on scuba because it, it wasn't self contained to cover it. And uh, breathing apparatus. Here, here's the thing again. Okay, he, he, we we need this is another parallel. That's what scuba stands for. Uh, why both of these movies have an issue with these aliens escaping and we do a fucking terrible job of making sure that they don't escape. Well, they were this crazy magician who can apparently do real magic and might be an ancient being. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But is definitely a crazy person. Yeah. Yes. Has taken charge. And also maybe a pedophile? I don't know about a pedophile, but he's definitely like, Dodger is his ward? Where are Dodger's parents? Exactly. And twice we see Dodger get naked for him. Yes, that's true. Wait, twice? There's the bath scene. And then like the very first time he sees him, he makes him take his shirt off stuff off. Okay. Anyway, we're way ahead of ourselves. Way. There's so much more to talk about a here. A Topps Chewing Gum production. <laughs> so, it's the best part of this movie. Remember uh, that. So as these kids are running around, the garbage pill kids are running around. You can't really see them. There's a, a painting that is physically moving and watching them. Mm-hmm. That's not explained. I don't know what that is. He just owns a shop of curiosities. Yes. Uh, which also he even says they don't sell anything there. Mm-hmm. None of these oddity stores in all of these movies, anybody ever sells anything. How do they function? Rumpelstiltskin, they sold Rumpelstiltskin. They sold one thing that they didn't want to sell. They and sold, they sold uh, 
That dummy's eyes follows they you. They don't explain that. Gizmo, and they didn't want to sell him. Yeah, but the little kid was like, "Look, my dad, my my grandpa's dumb." Yes, but how do they not? How do they make money? How do these function? How do these stores function? Because they have grandkids who are like, "Look, I need to eat something. Maybe you can subsist on magic, but I'm just like a kid in Brooklyn." Or Chinatown. So, so we meet Dodger getting chased what out. What borough is Chinatown in? Is that in Manhattan? I don't know. I feel like it's in Manhattan. I think it's in the city. But it's like the sketchy part of Manhattan. The city. In the summer. In the city. In the summer. In the city. So we Please meet don't make me talk about this movie. Dodger. How can you not want to talk about this movie? Apparatus. This is the most insane movie ever. How do you not want to talk about this? <laughs> it's terrible. It doesn't mean that it's not insane. So we cut to some, what I was immediately convinced are adults, but now I'm not so sure. They are are beating up a child. They are adults beating up a child. And throwing him in muck. They throw him in muck. To steal $3. To steal $3. And this is juice. Uh, Mickey? Nikki? Mikey? Right? No idea. I'm literally just staring at you silently. Okay. Uh, because an I think Amazon that's woman funny. and Tangerine. Tangerine's boyfriend is Juice, right? Uh, yes. And the, the, I think it's like Mickey or Mikey, right? Uh, he's like this big buff dude, and they're beating up this little kid, and his girlfriend, the Amazon woman's like, yeah, those are my type of guys, real psychos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. This is incredible. This is the opening to this children's movie yes. is they are beating up a child and she is getting off on the fact that they're beating up the child. Mm-hmm. And you know who's not protesting? Tangerine. Yeah. She's a horrible person. I feel like when they were making this movie, they thought they were making someone who was likable, who was just, you know, maybe hanging out with the wrong crowd, but had a ridiculous. Uh, a redeeming quality about her that's not that's not it at all no she's a terrible person she's irredeemable she's terrible person yes she's completely complicit in the abuse and thievery Mm -hmm. that takes place uh with this little kid he literally gets mugged yes by adults and mudded Mm -hmm. he gets mudded Mugged and mudded. So he ends up going to back to Captain Mancini's shop. And he's been working there for a month or two, they say. And right in the middle of this fucking place is a trash can. And this Mm -hmm. is the first time they talk about it, apparently. It's like, what's the deal with this trash can in the middle of the fucking place? I've been walking by it for a month at least when I've worked (laughs) here. And now we're deciding to talk about it. Yeah. And he tells him, no, 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 Dodger. This is Pandora's box. Don't mess with it. And he puts it up on the top shelf. How the fuck is Dodger not asked about this for a month as he's been working there? As he's getting naked for Captain Mancini. Yes. You skipped over the part where he gets naked and he makes him put on a dashiki. (laughs) And then he puts his clothes in a washing machine and then starts the washing machine with actual magic. Yeah, a magic spell is what he says. Why not just use the magic spell to be like, hey, dirty clothes, don't be dirty anymore. That would be a much better magic spell than uh, the button is three millimeters away from my finger. I don't want to press it. I'm going to say 17 words. Yes. Uh, 
but he's also kind of a dipshit because like he wanted Dodger to get him like unicorn dust and like Eye of Newt. Eye of Newt and like the shadow of a of a dying man's last breath and shit like that. <laughs> and he's like you can't get that stuff anymore. So not only in the, in this universe they existed at some point or Captain Mancini is going crazy, but he also knows real magic. Yes. He knows real magic and I think he's an immortal being. Or at the very least a long-lived being. Like Yeah, he's he, been around the block. He has owned this building since this building has existed. In like the twenties or whatever. Yeah. So that would that could only make him eighty, which isn't an immortal being. But he was around when unicorns were around, obviously. So. Yes. So it's been a while. Do you think like he was born and then bought the shop? That's what I'm saying. No. I'm saying he's been walking the earth. Yes. Came to uh, wherever this is. It's never. Said. I'm saying. I'm saying that if you're making and the defining says, proof, oh, this this nice building has just been erected. I'm gonna sell some wares. I'm saying and use that as a front that if you're to making, go out and get my magical stuff. That if you're using so this, that I could start washing machines. I'm saying that if self-contained you're, underwater uh, breathing apparatus. I'm saying that if you are using this building as a uh, mile marker for how old he is, you're barking up the wrong tree. If you're trying to argue that he's 700 years old, the fact that he's in a 50 year old building means nothing. Okay. I'm saying he's owned this building since it was since it started. And you tried to use that as a proof that he's old, but that doesn't no, prove anything. No, I didn't use it as proof that he was old. I'm saying he's old, so that's probably proof that he has owned this building since it existed. It was an offhanded comment. At least we didn't take tons <laughs> meant of time to bring about it. joy to our audience. <laughs> it brought me pain. It probably pain. <laughs> Uh, so, th- so he goes this big speech about how he can't let the Pandora's box out, the garbage pail kits. But what is the big deal? They were already out, and they went back in immediately as soon as he told them to do it. I don't understand what they're going to do, and they've already been out. Mm-hmm. He didn't. I. What is he scared of? They're going to start sewing things into oblivion. I don't know. They get out, and he's like, and they like help him. They help the kid. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, as soon as he's helped, they're just like, cool, we're just going to fucking start tearing up the place now. Well, hold, hold on. How, we, we didn't discuss how they get out at all. So they get out because Juice and Tangerine... Uh, oh, it's Wally. It's Wally, Wally? is the guy. Okay. Uh, so Wally uh, shows up, and he's the one that's really going to go for him now, right? Juice is kind of standing back. Wally's going to get him. So he's going to get him, and... He's bested by Dodger because Dodger has a basketball and fake bounces the ball, Mm -hmm. throws it at him and goes under his legs to which Wally is a 22 year old buff dude or 16. And he he can't be 16. He's so much older than 16. And he slaps the ground out of anger. Uh and he slides a skateboard at Wally, which makes him fall down. Mm-hmm. That is how Dodger bests Wally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, while Tangerine then watches. Amazon woman, Amazon woman catches him and holds him between her breasts. Yes, she does. Again, 
and that's how he's defeated. Real life fourteen year old boy being smothered in breasts. Mm-hmm. Family movie. Family movie. <laughs> uh, and during, Speaking of family movie, <laughs> they decide to throw him in the sewer. Uh, yeah. And then they decide that's not enough. Here's this pipe full of shit. Mm-hmm. Let's knock him unconscious. Yes. And fill this with shit. And maybe he'll drown in shit. <laughs> maybe we'll murder this kid. Yes. With shit. Yes. And they try. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the garbage pail kids save him. Yes. And they get him naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and put him in the bath. The fourteen-year-old well, boy. That, that's Cap. That's Captain uh, Manz- Manzini's uh, idea. Yes. Uh, so here we meet our garbage pail kids. Mm-hmm. Who do we have? Alligator. Alligator. Greaser Greg. Greaser Greg. Messy Tessie. Messy Tessie. Uh, v- v- what's the V one? Valerie. Valerie vomit. vomit. Mm-hmm. One I, more. I was thinking of Veronica. Uh, we have Foul Phil. Yep. We One have more. Windy Winston. Winston. Yep. We have Nat Nerd. Oh, I forgot about Nat Nerd. Yes. Uh, and I think that's all. That of should them. be all of them. Yeah. Fun fact: Greaser Greg is played by Phil Fontalacaro, uh, who is Willow's friend in Willow, mm-hmm. uh, who is both the troll in Troll and the little guy in Troll. Yes. I also looked at IMDb while bored while watching this movie. Oh, I knew that before that, though, too. Oh. Probably okay. from looking at it another time when I watch this movie. And if you watch the credits, it's Greaser Greg played by him in big letters and then a half a screen until the rest of the cast is displayed. <laughs> uh, the So th- they're introducing all of these the characters, right? And when Foul Phil gets introduced, he looks at Captain Manzini and says, Daddy? So he's kind of, he, he might be a space alien, but he's he's kind of innocent. He's kind of a child, right? Foul Phil? Foul Phil. Yes. And he's Captain, a baby. And Captain Mancini gives him the meanest fucking reply ever. Do you remember what he says? No. He says, not in this lifetime, little one. And <laughs> Foul Phil goes, Mwah. And it's supposed to be like a fucking funny moment. Yeah. Captain Mancini is supposed to be one of our good guys. It's and a he's family just film about working together. So mean. <laughs> so mean to this, what is essentially a, a toddler. Mm-hmm. What a horrible. Or a full grown man. I don't, we don't know. <laughs> Like if you if if uh, if Bruce walked down into your basement wearing nothing but like a diaper and a rat and had a rattler, wouldn't you be like, I this is I don't think I'm into this. Uh, but he this is uh, and he started calling you daddy. But I wouldn't be mean. Like if he actually sure? had so, if it was Bruce because mean is kind of your default. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if it's so, act- this is the exception to the rule. Yeah, no, if it was actually somebody that believed that they were a child and there was a mental handicap present, I would not be mean. I don't think Foul Phil thinks that he's a child. Yes, he does. I don't know because he acts like a dude until it's like he has a line that's like, "Oh, I'm kind of shaped like a baby," <laughs> and then he has a baby line, and then the whole rest of the time he's just like one of the guys. Uh, here we learned that they, they call everybody else normies and them uglies. 
my we do like my favorite line is uh alligator finds a stuffed alligator and is like uh it's my cousin richie that doesn't make sense because he's an alien (laughs) also why does he look like an earth alligator (laughs) is this like transformers where they came down and Mm -hmm. saw something and were like ah that was in the prequel you find that out in the prequel okay the seventh film of the series that was planned Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out why Greaser Greg is a uh, is dressed like a, a 50s guy. A 50s greaser from outer space. Yeah. And why he has a knife in this family movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you noticed in the basement where they seem to live, mm-hmm. uh, up the steps. Did you notice the painting at the top of the steps? Not particularly, I don't So think. there's a painting at the top of the steps. I might have taken a photo of it. And you would recognize this painting because it's in Troll. So if you think back to Troll, they have the, uh, the, I didn't take a picture. No, I'm sad. Thought I did. Uh, in Troll, they show like the king uh, of the fairy world, the Troll world. Okay. And it's John Carl Beekler. Who directed Troll? He's the guy that uh, directed that uh, directed Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. We've talked about. He's the guy that like wasn't wearing any shoes when I met him at the convention. Okay. They're gonna. He was telling me all about how in Japan they're making an amusement park the size of Disney World based off the movie Troll. Mm-hmm. This guy, uh, that's the painting from Troll is hanging in Mancini's thing because originally. John Carl Beekler signed on to do Garbage Pail Kids, and he was going to fucking make the Garbage Pail Kids like serial killers. <laughs> so the Garbage Pail Kids would like come out of the trash cans and fucking go stab people and kill people and just be mean little bastards mm-hmm. and then hide back in the garbage cans. I want to live in a universe in which that movie was made <laughs> instead of this one. I don't know. I I just know that I personally was very offended by Nat Nerd. Uh, because he was a nerd? Or? So all he does is pee himself and have <laughs> acne. And Nat is like obviously a and d term. I didn't know that. I rolled a Nat 20. I got a natural 20. Oh. It's really just Nat 20 or Nat 1. Hmm. Uh, real quick, John Carl Beekler. Sure. Uh, so they just started a GoFundMe because uh, he has uh, pretty advanced cancer. Okay. Uh, so I thought maybe we could do this, the bot, the show link thing sure. for Just him. Pop, send me the link. I'll put it in the link. He's been uh, a part of the podcast, and he's done a billion things. So if we can throw that in there, I think it'd be a good thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, where are we at now? So there, he knows that he's befriended the Garbage Pail Kids, right? Yeah. And uh, he comes back the next morning, and... Is like, hey, well, you know, what am I gonna do? And they're like, ah, don't worry about it. We got you some. We we made you some cool clothes that you can wear to impress her. Yes, uh, because we've established at this point, Tangerine's few. Uh, what she wants to do is design clothes. Mm-hmm. So she had taken Dodger with him, with her, to sell the clothes that she makes. Not yet. Not yet. No. That's how she goes with him is because she's impressed by his clothes. Mm-hmm. We don't know she wants to be a fashion designer yet. Okay. Yeah. So he shows up outside her place. She is a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. She wants to be a professional fashion designer. There you go. Uh, he shows up at her place and Juice is there. 
So he climbs up a ladder that is very obviously in Juice's eyeline, and he just never reacts. Yes, he's just right beside. He could probably uh-huh. hear him. Yeah. So he Juice goes up. Juice walks away. He climbs down the ladder and then just walks into her home. Yeah. Uh, when you're yeah. when you're stalking a girl, that's how you do it, bro. Yeah. And then it's just like, hey, Tangerine, I'm in your home now. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, that's cool. Where'd you get that? And he said, I made it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, cool. Make 12 more in three days. And we'll go sell them. Uh, I, th- I really think your timeline's messed up here. No, she wants 12 outfits by Friday. That's true. But I think they've already went shopping. They, he's already went and sold the shit with her at this point. He went and sold stuff with her because he's like, you can make this much money doing this because people go fucking nuts buying tangerine stuff. She just pulls outside the club and they rush out because he goes with her a couple. He goes with her. Then he makes the stuff. He hides. He hides in the duffel bag. Yep. Then he he wears the stuff. Then she sees he makes the stuff. Then she's like, well, I can exploit you because you think I'm attractive and you have a crush on me. Can you make me 12 more of everything? And then he turns the Garbage Pail Kids into slaves. Yeah, and they go into a non-union sweatshop. How do you know it's a non-union sweatshop? Because their big sign says non-union sweatshop. Oh, there's a giant sign that says non-union sweatshop. Yes. Uh, All the while, they're singing a song about working together. We can't do anything while working with each other. We can't do anything while working with each other. And this is like the only time that they sing outside of not seeing them over the credits. It's like a Barney song, dude. And they're singing this happy-go-lucky song about working together in this movie where a 15-year-old rubs her breast during an extreme close-up. Yeah. Where... The main goal of this movie is violence on people who have been violent against children. That's the whole point of this movie, is to inflict violence, because violence begets violence, but that's a good thing. I mean, this is really a revenge movie. Mm-hmm. This is this is the John Wick of its day. Uh, also genocide movie. Mm-hmm. I was debating about doing a double feature with this in Schindler's List. Yeah. Um... Because, you know, the girl in the red dress obviously would have gone to the state home of the ugly. <laughs> obviously. And that, that dress was actually designed by Greaser Greg. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Little known fact. Little, yeah. I did. I read the IMDb trivia. <laughs> All of the Garbage Pail Kids made their own clothes for the film, actually. They, they, they made it at home. They brought it in and they wore it their own. It's mm-hmm. all theirs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, looking at my notes, I do have a backwards. Thank so cool. you. Because she's because here my note it says she's fifteen and now she's driving a car, and then now she's taking off her shirt. Yeah, that's my note for that time. Yes, because uh, she's actually driving the car. I don't. It's on a soundstage, whatever. But she's actually driving the car. It's not like it's a shot where they're being towed or something. In the documentary, she talks about the fact that she was 15 when she did that. And they show the, the shot in the movie. But right before, right, well, it was on cut. film. 
right after they cut, she crashed that car into a wall, <laughs> and it was like the director's son's car. It was like a kind of an expensive car. Mm-hmm. And then from there forward, her dad was like, I don't know what kind of fucking movie you're making, but my 15-year-old daughter is not driving. She just got into a wreck, so they had to have people push it. So if you every other time the rest of the movie... It'll just like slowly come to a stop. Like she's like driving, like she's just stopping. And it's because the guys pushed it the last 10 feet and she stopped because her dad stepped in and was like, she's not driving the fucking car anymore. I don't care. You guys got to rewrite it. So, cause there's scenes where they sit and talk in the car. Yeah. It was supposed to be them driving. That didn't happen anymore. They just made them sitting stopping because she legit wrecked the car. That's great. Uh, so. Tangerine has him working as a slave. And they try to play it like simultaneously she's using him and falling for him. But like. She's a horrible person. Yes. And a pedophile. Okay. I don't know that she's supposed to be 18 in this movie. I get everything points to her being too old for him. Okay. Just say he does say he's uh, fourteen and almost fifteen. That's I'm not arguing how old he is. I'm arguing how old she is. Uh, so the I maybe I just don't understand what's cool in 1987. But Juice is obviously the epitome of cool. Oh, obviously. But he drives an Astro van. Was that cool? He's driving a minivan. Yeah. Is that? But cool? just when everyone's together. Oh, I guess no. He later he he drives her car. Yeah. But he's still, even when he's driving the car, he's like, yeah, I'm fucking juice driving my minivan. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But he doesn't make it very far in that minivan, though, because the Garbage Pail Kids have went out for a night on the town and they have stolen what is supposed to be our heroes steal a Pepsi truck. And they run over Juice's van and flatten it completely. Except for a tire that pops off and rolls away for some reason. Yeah, because that's how tires work. Uh, these are our heroes? Sure. Is Nothing there, about this movie makes sense. Is there any redeeming people in this in this film? As long like, as, as, long as Manzini isn't a pedophile, he's kind of cool. No, he was mean to Phil. Who cares? Phil sucks. What? Okay, Captain. He keeps them imprisoned. How's he different than the whole? He literally, he literally says, "Like it sucks that this is the way it is, but literally, the safest place for you guys is in there." He says that during the movie. He says, "Like, I wish it wasn't so, but the the absolute safest place for you guys to be is locked inside that." And then Alligator says, "Pale is jail." (laughs) Uh, It is jail. He keeps him imprisoned. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't. I think Dodger Dodger doesn't necessarily do anything wrong. Ah, eh, he's creepy and he walks in on people. Just walks into their homes. I mean, he's. I think he might. Yeah, he might be a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. everybody's horrible in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so th- they're out in the town. They run over his car, flatten it like a pla- a pancake, right? Mm-hmm. Um. The garbage pail kids all have dead eyes, by the way. Yeah. Like. It's it's kind of uh, in that middle ground. Except Alligator. Alligator is the only one with expressive eyes. Well, and I think part of it is because he's actually a creature as opposed to 
the other ones which are really close to being humans maybe um they're in that that gray territory where it starts to get a little odd and creepy i feel like his might be the only ones that move or maybe it's just the way they're set in his appliances maybe uh so they sneak into the movie theater and watch three stooges and are just you would not want to be watching a movie with them. Well, they sneak in. They go people. out on their Suzukis when they sneak in the movie theater. I don't mm-hmm. remember what they do with the. What do they do with the car? With the truck that they steal. I don't know if that's ever resolved. Because they end up like walking to the toughest bar in the world. Well, that's when they're on their Suzukis. Oh yeah, you're right. So I don't remember what the fuck they do with this thing. But then, my next thing here is about the state home for the ugly. My next note. So I don't know where we are in this movie. Okay, so they go to the toughest bar in the world. This movie's terrible. Uh, alligator, don't eats watch it. To- you have to watch Garbage Pail. Do Kids. not watch this movie. Oh fuck you! Get get like six or seven friends together and a bunch of alcohol and watch Hobgoblins. It'll be a, a good fun time. Uh, maybe you know uh, do some drugs. I hear those are fun. And watch Hobgoblins, and it's fun. And you're like, <laughs> puppets and stuffed animals. It's funny. Do not watch Garbage Pail Kids. It's awful. It, it is awful. It is but not, it doesn't it is not make worth it, watching. No, it doesn't make any sense. Like, to try to actually figure this movie out, I, I, I can't figure it out. You don't have to, audience. <laughs> I'm I, we, we watched it so you don't have to. Do not watch this movie. Uh... All right, so stay home for the ugly, right? It, it's the, the use of space in this jail is pretty terrible. Whoever designed this was not an interior designer because uh, vertically they're using it. But is this, does it go back many, many l- layers? No, most of the stay home for the ugly is just boxes. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. It's like most movies, they just have empty boxes laying around for yeah. people to fall into. I guess that makes sense. So in the stay home for the ugly, which is really more like a concentration camp because their goal is to kill everybody, right? Right. Uh, so you have Santa Claus because he's too fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a clown because he's too silly. Abraham Lincoln because he's too tall. Too skinny. It's too fat and too skinny. Too skinny. I'm sorry. Uh, who else do we have at the stay home for the uh, A caveman because he's too hairy. Yes. A little person because he's too short. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big tall guy because he's too tall. Uh and all the garbage pill kids for being too ugly. Uh, there's a there is a cripple guy who says he's too crippled. <laughs> he's next to the clown. Uh, they're not too ugly. They are too deformed or something. It's not deformed, but it's a stay at home for the ugly. And they're not too ugly. They're too something else. Too gross. They're too gross. Too gross. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but here they learned that everyone else of their species kind of got thrown into the back of a garbage truck. And, and they're dead. And Every crushed. single one of the other one was dead. Mm-hmm. If you were hoping to watch this movie and check off seeing all of the next ones mm-hmm. uh, from all your cards, yeah. you can't because they are dead. Yep. These small things that are very childish in nature that resemble children, they have killed every one of them but the six in this movie. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? This this family film. 
Uh, they also use real money in this movie. It's all real money, and it's like all ones. <coughs> There's it, like two tens, two fives, and then a, just a hundred ones. Yes, because Tangerine, everybody's going fucking crazy selling these things, and you might be because she's selling all the shirts for $2 a piece. Because they're just throwing tons of ones into the cigar box. And Dodger has never seen so much money. He's like, there's like $13 here. <laughs> How are you making this much money? You are rich. Yeah. Uh, also, like, as a reward, after, like, he sells his outfits, she kind of makes out with his cheek. She, like, nibbles his ear and is super close to committing statutory rape. <laughs> yeah. It looked weird. It looked like she was, like... It looked like she's going to make out, and then it's, like, on his cheek. I don't know. Uh, and then there's the extreme close-up of the 15-year-old clothed breast. <laughs> That's my next note here. <laughs> You've talked about that a lot. It's fucked up. It's so fucked she's up. She's 15. Yeah. <laughs> this is a movie. that like This is like a studio movie. Uh uh, so the kids end up crashing a fashion show. Uh, yeah. Okay. You got stuff in between there? Eh, whatever. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. So they, uh, yeah. So he is going, he's going to do this fashion show. Dodger's going to do this fashion show. And he decided for this fashion show, like it's a fashion show. Fashion show, fashion show. You should look very fashionable, right? And so his idea of fashionable, his, what he goes with, is gay magician. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is his fashion. Complete with the... I call that the Siegfried, just so you know. <laughs> complete with, like, this rhinestone-studded bow tie that is just around his neck. Not no collar. He's just got like a <laughs> like a uh, muscle shirt and like a studded vest and just bow tie around his neck. Just complete gay magician. <laughs> That's what he looked like. Like you know, he's gonna make something disappear, and you're probably not gonna like it. Uh, that was bad. I like your gay magician thing. Yeah, That's good. Uh, so what's where, where do we go? What's what's our resolution for this? So we can wrap her up. So this is they find out, you know. Oh, she. Uh, that's when they find out that they were selling them to the state home to the ugly. That's when they go and rescue them, and then uh, the great Mancini, Captain Mancini, is like, uh, "Well, all right, let's go back home. And they're like, well, we want to go to the fashion show and beat everyone up. And he's like, well, you know, while we're out. And so they go to the fashion show and a 25 year old stunt double beats up juice, juice, <laughs> juice, juice, juice. There's a prolonged scene where it's very obviously a stunt, like an old, <laughs> like a, like a 25-year-old man is playing a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, it's Nick from Hobgoblins. And they're <laughs> shooting it. They're not disguising his face at all. <laughs> it's just, he's there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and oh. he learns the lesson at the end. He's going yes. he's, he's to beat the shit out of him, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't because, you know, he's a kid. He, he learns he finds, a better lesson. Yeah. 
uh, which is where he tells Tangerine she's not pretty anymore. Yeah, she's not pretty. And anymore. that's why Dodger is a better protagonist than Kevin from Hobgoblins because he learned his lesson. Because he has a motivation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Thus ends the epic saga of Garbage Pail Kids. And then they play a song about like working together or something. We it's some, can't do anything by working No, it's another. It's a completely other. other song that they couldn't fit in the movie or something. That's like another Barney song. That's like a family song in this trashy fucking movie. Uh, this no movie pun makes, intended. This movie makes no sense. It's terrible. Do not watch it. You have do to watch. not watch it. Hobgoblins it, is terrible, but it's charmingly so. I'm going to defend it now. I was not going to. I had no intention of defending it at all. But this movie is so bad. That I'm just I'm all aboard the hobgoblins train, like yeah, stuffed animals waved around in people's faces. That's what movies are about. That's how you make a film. It's a, it's a moment in film. It's Scorsese and uh, so I owned Garbage Pail Kids as a little kid on VHS, and I remember from the very first time I watched it and probably watched tried to. I don't even know if I finished it uh, half a dozen times. Mm -hmm. Every time I was like, what am I not getting? (laughs) Like as a little kid, like you expect movies to be good, right? Yeah. And I kept being like, what is the, why, what is this? Why is this about fashion design? Why are these kids, why are the garbage people kids making clothes? And I didn't get it. And I really think part of it goes down to, and I never asked my mom about this at all, but I distinctly remember her telling we bought it used at the at a video store right mm-hmm. and i remember her saying we're gonna get this i heard it's really good or i heard it's good okay and i i don't she i'm sure she wouldn't remember if i had asked her but mm-hmm. my assumption is i was like hey can i buy rumple stiltskin they have it here right and she was looking at it and it's like i can buy rumple stiltskin for russ or i can buy a movie that I, th- I don't know anything about, but it's called Garbage Pail Kids. It's for the family. I can have everybody watch this, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's just making a choice. What's for my five or ten dollars? Yeah. Am I going to make one kid happy or three kids happy? And so she just fed me that line to make me think it. But no, but I always had that in my head. Like my mom said, she heard it was good. So the mass <laughs> public must assume that this is good. What is Russ not getting that I don't see what's good about this? And I'm sure she had no reason to think that at all. That was total bullshit. That was her saying, I recognize Garbage Pail Kids. Thus, I'm going to buy this movie Mm -hmm. for the kids. I've heard this before. I've heard of this. Yes, exactly. Uh, No, it is not good. No, The the reason to watch this, though, is to try to piece that thing together. Because it's batshit insane. None of it makes sense. The reason to watch it is none. There are none. The reason to watch it is because you're going to commit suicide, but you're chickening out, and you really want to go for it. And this movie will drive you towards it. Wow. You know, walk towards the light. For somebody that says they like bad movies, I don't understand how this doesn't resonate a little bit more with you. Because it is insane. Look at all these pieces. How do you fit this together into a movie? It is It is bad. It's not so bad that it's good. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Hobgoblins has charm. Like there's the, oh fuck! Like somebody somebody paid like was paid to make this, and they were really bad at it. 
but they weren't like so bad at it that it's boring. It's just like weird and funny. And this is just like a, like people were paid to do this and they made every wrong decision and like nobody had any fun and everybody, everything about it sucks. So there's I, a difference. I, 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 but it's just so fucking crazy. That, that's my thing. It's so crazy. Like you, it, it's like this movie was made by pulling phrases out of a hat. Like the state home for the ugly, right? Let's take that as an example. That is something that is stupid and could be great. Like really played up and just like that's that is awful. That's that's good. That's good. That's really bad. That's good. No, it was just bad. It was just Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying when you pair that with happy music playing over because they're escaping while they find out that there was a genocide committed on the rest of their race and there's happy music playing over it, that is insane. Mm-hmm. Insane. Why watch something that's insane? Well, to try to figure it out? If it is insane, it cannot be figured <laughs> I out. I know. That's what's so perplexing. And that's why <laughs> I watch this movie every day until I understand it. Next week? Next week. Next week. First movie. First movie here. Uh, this is something that I almost watched a couple times because there was a while where this was on Netflix and it kept recommending this to me and the it, the, it intrigued me. Uh, but I never watched it. And that is a little movie called Jug Face. Did... Was this on the podcast before? This was, this was featured on the very first episode of Pits, Perverts, or... Perverts, Pits, or Pendulums? Perverts, Pits, or Pendulums? No, that's the Pit and the Pendulum is the thing. Pits, Perverts, and in, Incest, Pits, and Perverts. Yes. So this would have fallen into which two camps? Oh, I know it's Pit because it says the Pit wants what it oh. wants. So is it incest or perverts? Uh, well, all I see is the woods, so I'm going to say incest. Good. So <laughs> you get a little bit of incest and a little bit of pits here. So uh, the front is there's a bunch of woods and people in there. And then there's a lady dressed in plain clothes and she has no eyes. They're just like white. And she's holding like a like a statue the head of a statue but it's got like a thing on top so i'm guessing you can like drink from it and it's called jug face so i'm guessing that that's the jug face that she's holding hence why it's a face that has like a canteen top on it Mm -hmm. so what's this movie about what are we gonna say uh incest and pits (laughs) put those together for me (laughs) All right, Justin. Incest. Justin, I got half a million dollars for you to make this indie movie. Got a title for you called Jug Face. I need incest and I need a pit. What's my movie? Uh, you ever seen Deliverance? Yeah. It's like that, but with the pit. <laughs> Instead of banjos. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's like a pit. I know, man. It's gonna it's gonna mess with your mind. <laughs> Uh, but Reynolds is dead. Uh, all right. You're not going to give me any more about what that is, I guess. All I right. don't. It's. Yeah. 
it's backwoods people and there's a jug face and it says something about a pit. I don't know how any of those go together <laughs> other than that there's probably people who dig pits in the woods. Mm. So, okay. Uh, don't let this, don't look too close at this image because I can't find a poster for this, like to buy that's in good quality or to find online that's mm-hmm. in good quality. So this is. I think you just gave away a secret that sometimes you don't actually have the DVD or whatever. Oh, that. yeah. You just hand me your phone. Yes. With a picture on it. Uh, that's true. Uh, so here, uh, this is what, what you're going to see is a poster for the movie, but it's actually a picture that some this woman took like in the movie theater. So she took a picture of it hanging so you can see her reflection. That's not part of the poster. <laughs> so because I, I looked at this at first, and I was like, oh, she, he's going to think that's part of the poster. You're going to be like, there's a woman like holding a camera in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not that's not part of the poster. By far the best horror film of the year. Or by far the best horror of the year. The first film to start genuine fear. Uh says Oh, and there's also uh in my heart for a long to start genuine fear in my heart for a long long time. Says Daniel Goodwin of Scream Magazine. Ooh. That's how you know it's good. Genuinely terrifying. Says, oh God, it's so small on the screen. How how does it not get bigger? Okay. Says, I don't think we need to hear. Hey, you (laughs) guys. It doesn't matter. Keep going. What the fuck is hey, you guys? I'm assuming it's a podcast or a blog. Hey, you guys. Uh... They should have gone to Vegas is apparently the tagline for the ritual. Uh, it is just, you're right, it is, it is some woods and there's a lady with a camera in there. <laughs> <laughs> that so, would have thrown you off, right? You would have been like, there's a woman? <laughs> yeah, I'm like looking woods? at like the, there's like just a bunch of pines in the background and then uh, suddenly, oh god, there's a woman's face. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it looks like some backpackers backpacking. There's an abandoned, there's an abandoned VW bus, which I feel like is the international symbol for the apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. An abandoned VW bus. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'm gonna guess it's the apocalypse. Okay, because that's the symbol Got for it. it. And these people are joyously backpacking. You know, they they uh, they took a gap year. During the apocalypse, mm-hmm. and decided to uh, backpack go, go backpack across the, you know, the woods. <laughs> okay, good. Across Europe. Good. Uh, Justin? Yeah. What else you got for us? Don't watch the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Watch Garbage Pail Kids movie. 